Welcome back to DQB Does, the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where we would all go fucking broke at cheeks. With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. <laughs> I'm already broke. I can't even afford to go to cheeks. <laughs> me either, but Randy can't. Randy can't either. <laughs> so, you know, I get paid. I, uh, I go I go to cheeks instead of paying my bills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been there. I did that. Yeah, we were all. Lost 50 house something of that. Uh, <laughs> washed up wrestlers at one point. Uh, <laughs> we also have Dave. How's it going, Shane? Uh, it's going. That's great to hear, brother. It's me, Dave. <laughs> That's not Hulk Hogan. It's Dave. Fuck. Oh, my God. Uh, we are beginning our... Uh, at least June, maybe summer. We'd like you to throw in some input on that. Um uh, sports movie something spoon. Yep. S- sports June S- spoon spoon jorts spoon jorts. <laughs> spoon anyway. jorts nailed it. Uh, we're starting with the wrestler from 2008 rated R an hour and 49 minutes long. Uh, if if you have feelings, I'm sorry they're about to be hurt. If you watch this movie, <laughs> yep, uh, it's real sad. Um, it's basically about a washed up wrestler named uh, Robin. <laughs> Randy, it's Randy, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Randy the Ram. What what's his last name? Robinson. Yeah, but he has like a. Uh, it doesn't have his other name, because he has like a. Is it his? Is his last name like Polish or something? Yeah, he has or like a. It's it's where the Ram 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 Ramwitz, Ramwitzki or yeah, something yeah, like that. Ramzinski. It's where the Ram comes yeah. from. Yeah. Um. But. Uh. Basically, he was a he was a big deal in the eighties. Lex Luger. Yeah. Uh, and he uh, has nothing left. Um, and all he's tried to do is be a wrestler um, his whole life. And he's doing it in bingo halls now. And the the first one that you see him at is like a fucking like elementary school. Like yeah. An em- elementary school gym because he they give him yeah. a dressing room and it's a classroom. That's <laughs> like a yeah. kindergarten classroom. <laughs> I have seen my fair share of wrestling in high school and yeah. elementary school gyms. Well, the only indie one I've gone to was the one that we went to uh, in like a... Uh, what the hell was that? Like the community center? Yeah, it was basically like a community center in a small town with less than 1,200 people. Yeah. That's where a lot of those like real small are. Oh yeah, yeah. I had yeah. a buddy who did stuff in uh, Illinois, and we would go on Fridays. He didn't wrestle; he just kind of like was a commissioner. Yeah, and we'd go there, and it was like a high school gym. Yeah. Um. So he's washed up, and you know he doesn't have any money. He uh, <laughs> he goes home and. There's an extra lock on his trailer in the trailer park, and uh, the trailer park manager is asleep and won't let him in. (laughs) Uh, So he sleeps in his van that night, and 
He goes to work the next day because he has a regular, he has a day job during the week. Yeah. Uh, but he takes limited hours so he can work out. And then so he doesn't work on weekends so he can do shows. Yeah. Uh, felt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Way felt. Yeah. Uh, so he asks for more hours, but not on the weekends. And his manager's a little fucking dickhole that makes fun of him for being a wrestler. Well, it's price of tights going, going up. up. Yeah. Fucking dickhead. Fucking asshole. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. Uh, to see that guy getting a hardcore match. Yeah. Um, so Randy continues to wrestle and you see like some of his struggles. Uh, and, um, <laughs> he has like a drug dealer cause he's on like steroids and shit. Uh, and some other people are asking him to get drugs for them. The, the bouncer the bouncer at, at, cheeks. at cheeks. Yeah. Um, but he has a, uh, maybe in his head relationship with this stripper at cheeks played by Marissa Tomei. Oh, Randy's Randy. Yeah. Uh, Randy's played by Mickey Rourke, by the way. Um, who sort of like is this guy? Yeah. Right. (laughs) If you would have told me that like, uh, Mickey Rourke had like a 20 year wrestling career. I'd be like, all right. Yeah, I believe you. Yeah. Cause like Mickey Rourke, was big in the eighties and then he decided he wanted to be a boxer and like yep. fucked his own life up. Yep. And then he was into a lot of stuff like that. He shouldn't have been into for a long time. And then he's made a comeback yeah. in the last few years, uh, starting around this time. Yeah. Uh, early two thousand, early two thousand. I think Sin City. He, Cause he plays, a uh, Marv, Marv and Sin, Sin City. City. Yeah. I think that was the beginning of his so like, like comeback. 2005. Five. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Then he he was uh, in Expendables. I think Expendables was after this. Was it after this? Yeah. I think that started in like 2010, maybe. That sounds about right. He was in Iron Man 2. But yes. anyway. Uh, so so he also has... In, sorry. Well, uh, go ahead. To go a little bit back before... Because I was thinking Sin City was like the beginning, but like he was in... Uh, He he was in Double Team in '97, which like I guess that wasn't like necessarily a huge movie, but so he's in Double Team in '97. He was in some other stuff, but let's do the highlights here. He was in Get Carter, the Stallone remake in 2000, uh, and then he was in Spun, which is like a cult cult classic in 2002, and then he was in Once Upon a Time in Mexico in '03, mm-hmm. Man on Fire in '04. Yep. Uh, and then he was in Sin City in 2005, which is which was probably the highest performing movie out of all of those. But, oh yeah. And then he did Domino in 2005, which was like uh, a cult cult classic almost instantly because it wasn't like huge in theaters. Yeah, but it came out and then everyone was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" <laughs> and then he did the this the wrestler in 2008. Yeah. Um. So Randy's like just you know kind of your down on his luck degenerate kind of guy. Yeah, he's pretty pretty much a degenerate. Yeah. Um thinks thinks the stripper's in love with him. Uh is 
spending all his money on uh, D-Bowl and Trin. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, he can't get into his fucking trailer because he can't pay for his rent but he's he owes this fucking drug dealer like a thousand dollars um so he goes and he's doing he's wrestling and it shows a couple of matches uh interspersed through this life stuff yeah and then uh we get to like a hardcore match uh which is with uh necro butcher yes necro butcher it's actually it's a czw ring too yeah because czw is a Kind of a mid card promotion, but they do mainly deathmatch stuff, right? Yeah, and that's like a little higher than your high school gym. Yeah, well, I mean, that was like a bigger. That was also kind of like a bigger production value than like the other things that he was doing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he does this like hardcore match with uh, Necro Butcher, and the it's a really interesting scene because it like starts off with how hurt they are. And like, and every time they, the doctors go to like fix something, they go back to the match and when that part happened. Yeah. And it's a really interesting scene going back and forth. I really, really love that scene. Yeah. Uh, so like as we're going through him getting fixed up and you see what all happened in this match, like you can tell that he's like not doing well. Um, and, uh, at the end of the scene, he like gets up to go take a shower and he throws up and has a heart attack and collapses. Yeah. Um, so then he wakes up in the hospital and they, they've had to like do open heart surgery and do a bypass. So he's got, he got cracked open. So it was like, he's all fucked up. Um, and they're like, yeah, you can't, you can't wrestle anymore. He's like, uh, what? <laughs> So he kind of has like this um, moment of clarity kind of thing where he's like, he almost died near death experience um, and he can't do what he thinks he was meant to do and all that he knows how to do. Um, So he tries to reconnect with his daughter, which up until this moment, you didn't know he had, (laughs) which is kind of, yeah, which is kind of like how it is. Like he completely ignored her resistance, her existence, uh, for so long, she's in her twenties. Um, because first he goes to Marissa Tomei. Yeah, first he goes. That's the only person he j- like talks to. Basically, yeah, talks to. Yeah, he talks to her, and she's like, talks to her about trying to reconnect with his daughter, and like he goes, and it doesn't go well, and then she she goes back to Marissa Tomei, and she suggests getting her a present. He doesn't know what to get, so then she kind of like. Warms up to him like she's, you know, she was definitely pouring on the stripper charm before. Oh, yeah. Now she's being a little bit more real and like actually talking to him. And she's like, I'll meet you at this place. Help you pick out a gift for your daughter. Um, so she helps him and he kind of is like pressing the issue of him and Pam, which is her real name. Her name is Cassidy, Cassidy. In, in the club. Yeah. Her stage name. Her stage name. Um, he's kind of trying to press the issue of like them having a relationship and, uh, he's like, Hey, you know, like come have a beer with me. So they go and have a beer after he wears her down and then he like kisses her and she's like, nah, nah, I can't do this. Even she seemed to be into it at first. And then she's like, no, 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 I can't. You're a customer. You gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, cause she's just doing it for her kid. Yeah. 
And she's like, you don't want this. And he's like, okay. And she like leaves. Um, so then he, you know, tries to reconnect with his daughter again and it works out a lot better this time. They like go and they have a good time reminiscing about like what little they did have as far as a history. And he kind of like apologizes very heartfelt apology about like the shit that he was going through, which wasn't an excuse or anything. He was like just explaining right, and like saying like, I was wrong this whole time, but this is what I was doing. And I'm sorry I did that. I just don't want you to hate me because I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she sort of have like sort of accepts the, the apology kind of like, you know, okay, well, you know, we'll try to be more of a family, I guess. And they make a plan for like that weekend. She's like, he's like, you want to do dinner? And she's like, oh, is, I guess Saturday. So he goes through his week. He tries to get more work at his grocery job. He gets more work working at the deli counter. It's like a weekend, like you know, it's more weekends. Yeah, more weekends, more hours, and that's all that's available. So he's like working with people, and uh, it's going okay. It seems like there's a there's a couple of scenes where he's like, like "Hey, he, big guy!" Like, yeah, right. he like kind of gets into it because he's he's yeah. working the crowd. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about crowd work, baby. Yeah, everywhere. So, it is. Um, <laughs> but so he's like he's like kind of into it, and um, he gets done and he goes home, and he's like, "Fuck." Oh, I forgot. There's a part where he calls all the promoters and tells them he's retired. Yeah. And then he's supposed to have a big yeah, match. One of his, his big promoters was like putting together this 20 year anniversary match of his biggest match ever. That was watched by 1. million people at home, 1.5 million people at home. And like so many thousands of people at the arena in the eighties. Uh, and he tells that guy he can't do it cause he's retiring. And uh, he tells a bunch of other guys that he's retiring, so he can't do shows that he had already committed to. Um, so he's really upset. Um, he he finishes work, goes home, and he just like can't go to sleep. He's supposed to be doing a show that night, and it's Friday night. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go." So he goes to the show, and he's just kind of watching the show, kind of sad. Our truth, yeah, it's our truth, and uh, somebody else. Um, because there's only like a couple of guys that I n- knew. There's a few. Uh, I was during the credits. I saw some of the wrestlers. Yeah, and Claudio Castagnoli was on there, and I didn't see him at all. Really, Claudio uh, uh, Cesaro. Yeah, yeah, he was in the credits. I didn't see him. I don't know if it just said wrestlers, so I don't know if he was just like in the background somewhere, background, or if he just did like training. Yeah, weird. The huh. the one guy he wrestles, I just read this earlier. The one guy that he re- that we see like pretty much the full match of him wrestling before the end. Uh, I think it's like the first guy, maybe the guy with the mohawk. Yeah, you remember his name? He had like the little bit of hair that hung in his face. The mohawk guy is who he wrestles first, right? Yeah. What was that guy's name? Do you remember? Because no. apparently he's like a, a actual indie wrestler. I don't know. I didn't recognize the, him. The second, the hardcore guy is. Yeah, he's a wrestler. 
Yeah. He looks like shit now. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he always kind of looked like shit. He kind of looked like shit in this movie. <laughs> that was like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe I was confused. Necro. Yeah, is... that's the hardcore guy. Yeah. Necro Butcher is the hardcore guy. Yeah, Necro guy. Butcher. He's actually an independent wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, that CZW that, that he was a big CZW guy. Yeah. Oh, he still okay. wrestles now, apparently, but he looks bad. Ten times worse than in this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was like talking about being old when they were like talking about working the match. Yeah. And when he's like asking him about the staple gun, he's like, you ever, you ever gotten the staple gun? He's like, no, no what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like a staple gun. Um, so he's like watching this match and then he goes backstage after, after the show and like talks to some guys and they're like, Hey, you want to go out with us? So he makes the wonderful decision to go out <laughs> with these guys and drink with these guys. And he meets this girl and she's like, uh, she's in a bar, but I don't know if she was old enough. Cause she definitely had like a weird little girl's room. Yeah. Uh, later. That was weird. Uh, yeah. But she's like, my brother had your poster. Oh my God. Necrobutcher looks terrible. Jesus. Bro. Yeah. Almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Totally different. Um, my brother had your poster growing up and, and she's like into firefighters or something. She's like, yeah. you want to party? And he's like, what do you mean by party? She's like, party like a firefighter. And he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> so then All the right. next scene, he's fucking her in the bathroom after doing a couple lines of blow. Luckily, his heart doesn't explode. Uh, From the he, blow yeah. or the fucking. Or the fucking also, wasn't way. aware that that was how firefighters party. Yeah. <laughs> firefighters fuck some shit up. They apparently. party hard, I man. She, yeah. I thought he was like going to be like the 12th guy she collected to take back to her house or something. Yeah. Run a fire. They're, they're fire doing pole? A, uh, what is that? Where you carry the water. Uh, bucket brigade. Bucket brigade. They're gonna yeah. bucket brigade her. Um, <laughs> Man, retake that joke. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> That's fine. Oh man. Um, so, uh, he wakes up in like this double bed. It seriously looks like a fucking teenager's bed. Yeah. And there's just like posters of hot firefighters all over, and like just like fire. This is like it's a weird yeah. fucking room. <laughs> it's a weird. Yeah. Room. Somebody's obsessed with firefighters or fire or fire. Uh, so he like gets out of the bed and he's wearing firefighter boots and he's like, "What the fuck?" Takes the boots off, puts starts putting his clothes on. He hears something. He takes this cover off of like a box. It's a cage. There's a ferret in it. He's like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> so he leaves, and it's like Saturday at some point during the day. He goes home, has a chuckle to himself, and goes to bed. He wakes up in the middle of the night, nighttime. He was supposed to go to dinner. With his daughter on Saturday night, he wakes up too late. Fuck, 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 fuck. Goes to his daughter's house. She's fucking pissed because it's just more of the same. Yep. 
and he has more of the same excuses and she basically tells him to fuck off and he has to accept it and he apologizes, but it it doesn't matter because he's done it again, right? He's done the exact same thing he always did to her again. So he leaves and, uh, he's really spiraling. Yeah. Uh, goes to Pam at Cheeks and is trying to like get her to reciprocate. This might have happened before he fucked up the thing with his daughter because he had the note saying thank you. Yeah. This yeah. was before that. But it's like in that it's same same, same kind of area and it's all part of him spiraling. Uh, she basically turns him down. Like, I can't do this. You don't want my baggage. And he's like, what if I do like, cause like sometimes people are like, you know, you don't want any part of this and you're, you're wholly accepting of it and they won't listen. That's yep. kind of what was happening at this time. Yep. Yeah. And she wouldn't have any of it. And he was like, fine, fuck it. Give me a dance, bitch. <laughs> and she's like, what? Fuck off. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm paying customer. Come on. And he gets kicked out <laughs> by Big Chris. I think. Yeah, by Big yeah. Chris. Uh, oh, I think that was when he went home. That's when he goes home, and then he goes and fucks that chick. Yeah, yeah. It was after that, uh, which makes more sense why you fuck that chick, right? Um, so he's full on spiraling after the thing with his daughter. He's got to go to work the next day. He is not feeling it. And shit starts going downhill. You know, this fucking old bitch is like, you have to make it exactly a pound. Mo- a little like, more. He's a little like, less. Okay, it's like 0.96. She's like, a little more. Okay, it's 1.1. 1. 1. A little less. It's <laughs> 0.98. A little more. Okay, it's 1.05. A little less. Okay, I'm going to eat some of it instead of just like <laughs> forking it back in there. And he puts it on there. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, She's like, finally. Yeah, finally. Tired of this bitch. And then his little fucking shithead of a boss walks through. He's like, come on, pick it up, people. We're, we're getting a line. And fuck that dude. He's about had it. He's about had it. He is right here about to blow up. And this fucking guy comes up. And he's like, do I know you from somewhere? He's like, no, no, you don't. You don't know me, pal. He's like, come on, man. I know you from somewhere. And he keeps fucking bugging him. And then he's cutting meat for this guy. And the guy's like, dude, you're the Ram, right? You look just like Randy the Ram, the 80s wrestler, you know, Ram Jam. And like, he fucking picked him out. He knows exactly who he is. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, fucking like freaking out and he's like fuck it i'm gonna jam my thumb into the fucking meat slicer he like punches the fucking meat slicer yeah. he's like Gah! fucking fuck my thumb fuck this place <laughs> fucking rubs blood all over his smears face the blood on his face and is like elbowing cereal on the way out yeah yeah it's, you're, we're watching a dude lose his fucking Oh, yeah, mind. he's losing it. He's fucking losing it. Yeah, but, like, that's, like, the best way to quit a job. It oh, really yeah. is. Yeah. Get your blood on your boss. I don't have any meat slicers, and I also don't want to lose a thumb, so I'm not going to do that if I ever quit. But the rest of it, like, is 
perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so he gets into his van and he's like, God damn it. <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to do that fucking 20th anniversary show. So he goes and he calls that guy and the guy's like, I don't have any fucking money for you. We, we canceled that like two weeks ago. He's like, I don't care. I just want to wrestle. He's like, okay, I'll call Bob. Because Bob is the Ayatollah. He owns Ayatollah, some, yeah. He owns some, <laughs> some car, car dealerships <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> Which is very 80s wrestler. Oh, totally, man. Because, like, Rick Steiner yeah. of the Steiner Brothers, he's like a realtor in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what's this fuck? Uh, God damn it. He was one of the WCW guys in the evasion. He's the he's a chiropractor in Texas now, and he's considered to be one of the best chiropractors in the nation. Really? Yeah, I can't remember which one, which guy it was. It might have been Stasiak. Oh shit, that sounds about right. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of the one of those guys that was like jacked but had no skills whatsoever and like yeah. just didn't make it after the invasion angle ended. Um, but, uh, not no skills. I mean, so they'd walk around most people in the ring, but like not that era of WWE. Right. Um, but, uh, so he goes and he like starts fucking dyeing his hair and working out and getting ready to do this match. <clears throat> and then he goes and he gets, he starts packing up and Pam shows up. She's like, what's going on? What are you doing? And he's like, how'd you find me? And she's like, Oh, big Chris knew. Cause big Chris knew where he lived. Cause he was getting trucks from him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, Oh, I'm going to do this match in Wilmington. And she's like, what? I mean, what about your heart? And he's like, fuck it. Come see it. And she's like, what is happening? And he's like, I don't know. And leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, what in the fuck? Uh, so he goes and he's like getting ready for this match. And she's dancing and she's like, I can't do this. I got to go try and save Randy. Uh, so she quits her job at Cheeks and goes, runs out and like takes off towards this show and she makes it to the show right as he's about to go down the ramp and she's like pleads with him to not do it and he's like this is all I got and she's like I'm right here and he's like this is all I've ever had it's a that's a brutal like it's, it's a brutal scene he's like this is all I've ever been good at yeah this yeah. is all I know yeah yeah and he goes out there and he has a match with uh Bob and uh he doesn't want to take it slow. Bob's like, calm down. We'll like, we'll give them what they want, but like, slow down. We don't have, we're not, you know, 30 anymore. Right. And he's like, I don't fucking care. Let's fucking go, Bob. And, uh, he starts having problems cause he's not in shape for it. Yeah. You know, his heart can't take it. And, uh, Bob basically is like, just pin me. Just pin me. I'll take care of this. We'll just pin me. It'll, it'll be fine. They got they got all they needed out of us. Take it home. Take it home. And he's like, "No. We're going to give him we're going to give him the whole shebang." And he keeps going and he's having problems and he keeps going and then he goes he goes to do his signature move and you just like you know that he's going to die. And he jumps cuz his signature move is like a double uh flying elbow off the top rope, right? Yeah. 
called like, the Ram Jam. I won't say a crossbody, but yeah, but with like the elbows, it's yeah. like somewhere between a crossbody and a or it's more like a frog splash because straight he doesn't turn. Yeah, it's kind of like a frog splash, but with a little bit of the Randy elbow in it. Yeah. Uh but uh, he jumps off, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, just you, you cuts. don't. Yeah, because it just goes to black. You don't see if he died. You don't see any of the repercussions of what happened. That's just like it tells the story of of the end of his life, basically, like yeah. the last yeah. few weeks of his life. Yeah, yeah, he fucking dies. It's this movie is wild. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's like. I don't know. The the cinematography is very like intimate. Like even when they were doing like the the matches, the matches were really well done cuz they're like like they're basically actually fucking wrestling matches. Yeah. Um but like Mickey the, Rourke the, like trained, I yeah. want to say. I mean, he's in fantastic shape. Oh yeah, for this yeah. movie. Um but like the way it's shot is so like tight and intimate. Like yeah. it's so close to everything. Yeah. Um, it's not like how you see it on TV, you know, when you watch wrestling on TV, um, it was just really in- interesting and it made it more personal and stuff. Yeah. Very much so. Which was really, it was, it was great. And I loved that. And I love the ring talk stuff that happened in it. You know, like a, you know, you're all right. Like all the stuff that happens in the ring that you don't know happens in the ring unless you know and you like know what to look for. Right. It's like when something happens and like there's a botch or something like you can see when somebody is asking if someone else is OK for real. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like and you can tell when they're actually hurt. Yeah. If you're but if you're like just. If you're just a kid watching, you don't know what's going on. You're like, yeah, he's fucking talking shit while he's down, you know? Yeah. And um, so, like, getting, like, there's, like, these weird peaks into wrestling in that. And then there's also, like, the, you know, the examination of what happens to the guys that did this before anyone cared about them. Right. That, you know, the people that watched you know, they didn't have any responsibility to them, but they only really cared about them when they were, you know, in the ring, in the ring and yeah. on top. Right. So like once that goes away, the promoters go away. The promoters don't give a shit about them because yeah. they're not making them money. And there's a new guy coming up that they can pay less. That'll make the same amount of money or more. It might draw more. Yeah. yeah. And that's just how it used to go. And it still kind of goes that way. It's ish. It's changed a little bit, uh, more recently in the last like 10 years than it did between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> cause um, like this, this, this hits like I, obviously I've never been a wrestler. No, but, but this feels so real. And like that has happened to so many of those eighties wrestlers. Yeah, like so many of the guys that we grew up with or were like, they were maybe old, old when you started watching. Cause you're a little younger than I am. But like when yeah. I started watching, you know, it was like, I was really young, like, you know, 92 maybe. Yeah. So I was watching, you know, like Jake, Jake, the snake and, you know, uh, Hogan and Undertaker were big, but like, you know, all the other guys like Rick Rude and, uh, you know, a bunch of guys that are like dead now. Yeah. Or like look like they should be dead. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. 
you know, uh, fuck Lex Luger was like Lex Luger did stuff before that, but like he was, he became like the new face of, uh, the WWE when, um, Hogan left for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, him and the Yokozuna stuff like Yoko's dead. Yeah. Like I remember Yoko, a ton of stuff about Yoko, uh, Andre, the giant, Andre, the giant, so I got, uh, heart, you know, Owen's dead. He wasn't as big, but Brett is like, he can't fucking do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, Brett, like all those guys, a lot of does a W stuff, I think, but not wrestles. He doesn't wrestle, but yeah, he just, it does appearance and like promo stuff. Maybe takes a bump here and there, but he doesn't wrestle. Yeah. And he was supposed to have been done in like 2002. I think he's a coach maybe, or like does some backstage stuff. Yeah. Which a lot of those guys end up going into that. Uh, if they aren't dead or in the disgraces of the company. Right. Which, I mean, like, there was a ton of them that are back with uh, WWE now that were gone away from the company for a long time in around this time, like the 2008, you know, because, like, there was all the TNA stuff. Right. You know, There's there like, Hogan and uh, Angle and Sting. Sting, you know, Nash, all those guys. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Scott Hall's gone, uh, and you know, he didn't have a good run of it at the end there for no. like fucking like 10 years before he passed. Yeah. Um, like, uh, uh, I talked about this earlier. Yeah. Like, uh, Kamala. Yeah. Who was, uh, he was like a real big guy. Yep. He was a huge heel in the eighties and Basically, he as he got older, stopped getting shows. They yeah. kind of forgot about him. And I last I heard, like I think he's still alive, maybe. But he has like lost both his legs to like diabetes. Yeah. And yeah, there's a scene um, after he uh, quit after he has a heart attack, and he like tells all those guys that he has retired. Um, he does this legend signing. Yeah, and it's. It's basically that, right? It's like all the guys that we just talked about. Like, there's a dude with like a fake leg. There's a dude in a wheelchair. There's a dude like pissing in a bag that's on his leg. Yeah. There's a dude that's falling asleep. He probably has fucking diabetes. Like, they're all fucked up from the different things that has happened to them. Right. Whether or they it was, put their bodies through. Yeah. Well, either it was, you know, the actual wrestling that fucked them up or the, the toll of. Um, the psychological toll, the lifestyle, the lifestyle, like all the drinking and the pills to make it through the pain to work the next day when they're on tour or whatever it yeah. was that fucked them up. It fucked them up because they that 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 wrestling era, like they were on the road like three sixty five. Yeah, like you tour like there was house shows. Like nowadays, it's just like you get like you know AW has Wednesdays and Fridays. And now Saturdays yeah, coming they up. Do, they do house shows. They uh, they just started doing house shows. Yeah, so they're going to pick up more days, but like they were doing like 100 and some days. Yeah. Uh, WWE still does like 270 or something like that. Three, I don't think they do house shows much anymore. WWE, I don't think so. Uh, I think they still are. They might. But like they have like... There's Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Yeah. 
And like some of those people aren't on both things or they aren't working every night, but like right. they, it's still a strenuous job. Yeah. You know, and they're still going through similar things that guys went through before, but I think the healthcare stuff is better now. I would hope. Um, there's a, you know, the wellness stuff they're supposed to be doing better. Um, but I mean, guys that were big, like when we were in our teens are still having these problems. You yeah. Know? Like, uh, triple H triple H just had a heart attack. Not that long or a heart problem. Not yeah, that long like a heart issue. Yeah. Where he can't do anything anymore. Um, cause he was still at that time. He was still wrestling. Like, uh, he would do the Saudi shows when they went over there. Right. He didn't he wrestle would, a ton, but he still wrestled. Yeah, he would do like, uh, every other, WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah. You know, he would have a he would have a match like once or twice a year. Yeah. And now he can't do anything as far as that goes. But yeah, I mean like it's it's just kind of a uh an examination of what happens to these guys or you know, what happened to some of these guys that were from the eighties and even some from the nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. And it's crazy. That this movie, like, this is my first time watching this movie, which is crazy to me. I yeah. cannot believe yeah, that's wild. that you yeah. haven't watched this movie. It came out fifteen fucking years ago. I know, right? I had heard about it. I'm like, oh, that looks neat. I'll watch that, and just never got around to it. I might watch it again this week. Like, it's it was super good. It's so good. Like, it's good. I knew it was sad. That's maybe one of the reasons. Like, I knew it was like pretty depressing. But yeah, it's so good. Yeah, but it's also like it's kind of inspiring a little bit because like. You know, he tries. He, he tries does. to do the right thing, and then he like he he goes back into his old ways. You know, yeah, he's not like a he's not unredeemable a, piece of shit, right? He's a fuck up. He's a fuck up. Yeah, but you know, he tries, and he almost gets the girl, and almost gets his daughter back, but yeah. then he dies. <laughs> Super fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I was. Blown away by this movie. Yeah, it's really good. Russell hasn't talked very much. I'll say, Russell, we've been. You guys started talking about actual wrestling, and so. Yeah, so he's like (laughs) over here yawning. Right. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I do. I think the movie is great. I think it. I think it's good that it shows like a depiction of like what happens to these guys like later on in their life, you know, cause it's all fun and games when you're 20 and 30 and yeah, I mean, even early forties for a lot of them, but like once you start like feeling that age and start feeling everything you put your body through, like it's kind of fucked up that this has happened to so many people. Oh, um, Ernest Miller, the cat was fucking the Ayatollah. Oh, I shit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but it's kind of fucked up that this has happened to like you recognized him to yeah. all these people that like dedicated their lives to these, you know, sport corporations. And I mean, in comparison to like other like pro athletes, like other pro athletes are fucking taken care of. Yeah. You know, so um, there's like, I mean, Vince himself is kind of a bastard, uh, which like we're all aware of and we've all known. Oh, yeah. For Vince, a long time. Vince is a huge piece of shit. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, with all the outrage and all of the people getting together these days to really, like, try to get something done, like, 
And it seems like wrestling fans should maybe, you know, step it up a little bit, <laughs> a little bit to get these guys taken care of a little more. Right. And I don't know if AEW is much different or not. It seems like it. But again, I don't know. I'm not backstage. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it I think like they think, take take care of a little bit more. I think the like it needs to. I think it comes down to like, well, does AEW offer their wrestlers insurance? I don't know that. <laughs> but I know they've uh, treated Sting really well. Yeah. Because Sting is like 64, something like that. Yeah. And he's still wrestling. Yeah. And I saw something like about from Tony Khan. He's like, Sting. I will let Sting wrestle as long as he wants as long as he wants to do it he's always got a place here yeah yeah it was just super cool you know body of christ and everything um <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke about sting being a christian for people that don't know um but it's sting <laughs> yeah i love sting um but uh but yeah no but as far as the movie goes like I think the movie has done, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I've seen quite a few. So the director is Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Um, and I've seen quite a few of his movies. Uh, so for those of you that, for the uninitiated. I know I recognize the name. I know I've seen some of his stuff, but I couldn't. Oh yeah, you're going to know this guy. Um, and so Darren had some early projects in school. Uh I think Pi is actually his first official release. Uh, it's a movie that came out in '98, um, and then after that was Requiem for a Dream in 2000, uh, and then he did The Fountain in 2006, which is a very weird movie. But I actually so many really wild liked it a movies. lot. Yeah, Requiem for a Dream's fucking weird. Pi's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the fountain is really weird, but it's also a really good movie. They did the wrestler in 2008 and then he did black Swan in 2010. And then we take a detour from his good movies to a movie called Noah, uh, <laughs> with Russell Crowe. If no one remembers that movie coming I out, in remember 2014. that movie. I didn't watch it, but I remember it coming out. Yeah. yeah I say detour, but I didn't watch it either. But so, um, and then mother in 2017, which I, I heard was really good, but I haven't watched it. Oh, that um, looks wild. Yeah, with uh, with J Law. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. It's about dancing. No, mother. It's uh, it's Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, um, Ed Harris, <sighs> Michelle Pfeiffer. A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. It is a lot more than that. Okay. Have you seen it? Uh, they talk about it on What Culture a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, and then he recently did The Well with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Oh. So he has, a, he has, he has one of those like movie lists that... like. Is yeah, it's impressive. It's an impressive it, yeah. uh, backlog. So um, I wanted to cover that because I really like this guy. Uh, I watched I watched Black Swan for the first time a couple meets uh, meets couple meets uh, huh. <laughs> a couple months ago. I tried to say months and weeks. Um, I watched works. Black Swan a couple months ago for uh, Clayton's podcast. Sure, um, as first time I'd seen Black Swan. And I was like, whoa. Uh, 
I didn't, I didn't super love it, but it is like a, it is a really good movie. Um, and so, but it's also fucking weird as shit and wild yeah. and like a very emotional roller coaster. Yeah, that's wild. Like the, the other movies around this movie that he made were like crazy. Like that one, I, I I know has like a couple of like weird effect spots, but not like like the fountain. Nothing like the fountain. No, nothing like the fountain. And the fountain like, is trippy. Yeah. Uh, and then the writer is Robert Siegel. Um, so the wrestler was like his first. So he so in two thousand eight he did two movies. He did the wrestler, and he also did the Onion movie. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but, and then he went on to do a movie called Big Fan, which I hadn't seen, uh, in 2009, and then he did Turbo in 2013, which is a cartoon. Yeah, it's a Pixar movie, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, about the dog. Uh, No, about the snail. Oh, never mind. Um. I didn't see that one. Oh. Dreamworks. Dreamworks. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dreamworks I was also thinking of the dog. Yeah, there's Uh, a dog one. Yeah. But he also did uh, The Founder with Michael Keaton in 2016, which okay. is about uh, the McDonald's franchise and how that came to be. Yeah. Um, and I saw then, something about that recently. How it's really a real estate company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did uh, the Pam and Tommy series. Oh, geez. He created that. And uh, Welcome to Chippendales. That which has... I, uh, Kumail Nanjiani in it, I think. Yeah, yes, it does. Um, I don't even know what that is. I haven't seen anything about that. It's but. about Chippendales. Well, Rescue Rangers. No. Oh damn it! The male dancers. It's about the guy that started the club, I think. Uh. Um. So yeah, I thought it was interesting the combination of writer and director that we had here for this movie. Uh. Yeah, that guy's resume not as impressive. No, it's a couple couple of good movies. A couple there, of the but... things make sense with this though, right? Like dramatizations yeah. of something like this isn't necessarily based on any one person. It's kind of like a uh amalgam. Amalgam of several different guys uh stories. Um whereas like, you know, the founder is more about one one guy or like a group of guys but like the same like it's an actual thing yeah uh but written similarly very dramatized and stuff which this this is definitely dramatized but like it it's very realistic though it's not like anything crazy happens right this definitely is like happening this could happen or is currently happening. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere out there, happened. this is happening again to someone else. Yeah. yeah. Which is wild. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, Fell in love with a stripper. I fucked up Russell's train of thought. I was about to say my favorite scene and I don't know what it was. Mm. I can say mine. It was Marissa Tomei stripping, right? You! Artistically, no. <laughs> uh, objectively, yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're just like a bunch of straight dudes. and There's a really cool sequence fucking... that I was going to point out, and I don't remember what the fuck it was. I have two. Uh, um, 
and maybe this will jog your memory or give you time at yeah, least you to ahead. think about it. I love the uh, the hardcore match That's with Necro Butcher. Same. Oh um, yes, that sequence because it like it's like oh yeah, taking these staples out, and then it shows how the how he got the staples, and then like it shows like Necro Butcher uh, with a dollar yeah staple to his face yeah. yeah. And then like the, oh, I got this cut on my side where, and then it shows how he got the cut and like shows the part of the match that like it keeps going back and forth. That scene is fucking awesome. That's my, one of my favorite scenes as well. That was, that was my favorite sequence. The, cause I loved that. It just like, it starts the match and then it's like, oh, the match is over. And I was like, oh, I wanted to watch the match. Cause I forgot what this happened. (laughs) I've seen this movie like twice. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd seen it before. Um, uh, but yeah, it going back for each yes. individual injury and stuff and like showing you like, I was like, Oh fuck, this is amazing. I yeah. loved that sequence. It's fucking great. And then, uh, I really like, uh, the end just like him going out, like the conversation that happens before, but then like him going out and having the match and like how the match goes and like how close and intimate it is between, uh, Randy and Bob and like, uh, Bob like knows something's wrong and is like trying to stop it from happening and yeah. Randy's just like no fuck it let's go so he's like pin me pin yeah. me uh, yeah I love that scene like both of those scenes are fucking awesome and I love them yeah Robin walked into that ring ready to die yeah yep. yeah he did I like both I also really like the scene where he loses his mind in the deli yeah just like that like you could feel that pressure of him just like you know it builds and then he just builds, like breaks. It builds and just snaps. Yeah. That's also a great scene. And honorary mentions of any time that they're in the strip club. Duh. <laughs> you. You. Um, do we want to go down to the corner? I think so. I go ready? to the corner. Let's go, to the, let's go down to the corner. You guys want to go to the turnbuckle? Oh, shit. We're going to Dave's Dave's Trivia Turnbuckle? That's right, because this is Dave's Trivia Turnbuckle. Dave's Trivia Turnbuckle! Where the point of this turnbuckle is for you to say, Ooh, neat. Brother. 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 Ding, 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 ding. Let's do some trivia. That was a bell. Yeah. Uh, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Ready for this hot tag of trivia? Yeah, let's lock them up. God damn, this is good. We should do this more often. <laughs> we should think about this shit more often. All right. Mickey Rourke actually blades, cuts his own forehead with a razor, in this film to add realism to the role. This is also Jesus known Christ. by the wrestling term as gigging, getting color, or juicing. Yeah, I thought that was wild. That yeah, is wild. It's a real fucking cut, bud. Yep. Uh, due to the film's modest budget, Axel Rose donated the use of Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine free of charge for the final match. What the fuck? The only courtesy he's ever paid to any fucking body. Yep. What the fuck? Ooh, neat. Yeah, that is neat. Brother. Yeah. Yeah, brother. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Darren Arna- Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Thank you. Darren Aronofsky revealed that Mickey Rourke was the first choice to play Randy the Ram Robinson. 
but the studio wanted Nicolas Cage. What the fuck? Aronofsky fought to have Rourke as the Ram and ultimately won out. Good. I don't think I would like this movie nearly as much if it was Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I love Nicolas Cage, but what the fuck? This yeah. movie would have been just like a completely different movie. Yeah. Yeah. The first scene of Randy working the deli counter was improvised. Uh, when real customers kept walking up to the counter during filming, Aaron Arnowski. Yeah, I can't say his last name. Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky told Mickey Rourke to take their orders while the camera would continue rolling. Also improvised were all of the backstage locker room scenes. Huh. Yeah. Too Ooh. neat. Too <laughs> neat. God, I love you, Shane. That was good. <laughs> Russell, you're cool, too. I got that one. Good. I'm glad. I stopped watching when the NWO was disbanded. When everyone was in NWO? Yeah. I'm pretty sure but I was in NWO. Actually, I am for life. Uh, do some more. What? I need some sunglasses. <laughs> you got sun right in your eyes. The sun is right <laughs> in my fucking face. Because <laughs> this feature is so bright. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, the video game Randy and his child neighbor play in both the trailer and the movie uh, was created especially for the film and was fully playable. Uh, the game features similar graphics to the original WWF WrestleMania from 89 Nintendo game. I remember playing that. I knew seeing that. I'm like, that looks just like that game. Yeah. Um, uh, Hulk Hogan claimed on the Howard Stern show... In 1990, wait, on the Howard Stern show, 1990, the show started in 1990, apparently, uh, that he was offered the role of Randy the Ram Robinson. Uh, Hogan claims he turned down the role because he felt it wasn't the right man. He wasn't the right man to betray the character. Uh, Darren publicly disputed this, stating that Hogan was never considered (laughs) and that Mickey Rourke was his only choice for the role. Fuck. Off, Terry. Ooh, fuck off, fuck Terry. you, brother. <laughs> now, I'll admit on this show, when I was a young boy. Oh, yeah. I was a huge Hulkamaniac. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Now I know. You a piece of shit? Yeah. yeah. I, but I also never took my vitamins or did my push-ups, so. I tried. I'm like, ah, I thought about it. It's fine. I feel you, Dave. Six months ago, I was a huge rock fan. I know, right? Yeah. Now he's a piece of shit. Now nah, he's a pebble to me. He's just a pebble. All right, moving on. Good bit, Russell. Um, uh, Scott Siegel, the actor who betrayed the steroids dealer in the film, was arrested a few months after the film's release for steroid possession and assaulting federal officers. I knew that. Oh, that tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The scene where a fan hands the ram a prosthetic leg and the ram then hits his opponent with it is it based on an actual event from an ECW show mm-hmm. where a fan repeatedly yelled, use my leg, and eventually tossed his prosthetic leg to Tommy Dreamer, innovator of violence, yeah. who turned it, tur- who in turn used it on his opponent. I knew that for some reason. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Old Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, the innovator of violence. Also kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the, uh, the, uh, the behind flight from hell. Plane uh, ride from hell. Plane ride from hell. 
Dark Side of the Ring. On Dark Side of the Ring, and he was basically just like, whatever. People knew what they were getting into. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody got harassed as much as they say they did, and like basically was like victim blaming the stewardesses and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? What a yeah. cack. That's a rough episode to watch. I have a few more, then I'll get to the spoilery part of the trivia. All of those are rough. Yeah, but yeah. if you want to if you want to see something that kind of informs this movie, definitely watch that shit. Yeah. Because like a lot of that shit is about guys that ended up here. Yes, <laughs> I've actually showed my mom some Dark Side of the Ring stuff, and she's like not a big wrestling fan. Yeah, but we were, I was like hanging out with her, and she's like, "What's this?" So I was, and she was like hooked. Oh yeah, she's like, "Let's watch this more." So yeah. it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Uh, the film reportedly moved wrestler Roddy Piper so much he broke down and cried after the screening. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a very real thing. That yeah. I mean, Piper I've, would I've, do. Yeah, I feel like there were probably other guys that were like, I know all these dudes that ended up like this. Yeah. Or I am like this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Marissa Tomei's first day of shooting was the scene where she gives Mickey Rourke a lap dance. <laughs> Welcome to the set. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Let's get some of the spoilery stuff. Fuck yeah. Because yeah. it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, when Casty leaves the strip club, another dancer calls out that she left her shoes. Mm. Uh, leaving their boots in the ring is in a traditional way for a wrestler to call it quits. Yeah. I didn't catch that until mm, that. Neat. That's <sighs> fucking cool. Uh, when Randy the Ram gives his speech prior to the match that closes the movie, the audience is in love with their hero and gives him a huge standing ovation. Uh, the reality was that when they first attempted to film the scene, the Ring of Honor audience, as Ring of Honor yeah. did it, uh, audience began catcalling the monologue. Uh, it wasn't until Darren Aronofsky yeah. I did it, uh, addressed the audience and explained how important the scene was that they got on board, giving themselves a we fucked up chant before setting into the, rab- the rabid ran. Rabid Ram Love Fest seen in the final film. That sounds like a fucking wrestling, wrestling crowd. Str- yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, both, both, all of the above, right? Like being like, this is fucking lame. Yeah. Boo. Boo. And then like it being explained like, no, this is like the apex of this story. This motherfucker's about to die, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh, oh shit, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. We fucked up. We fucked up. We, we fucked up. up. That's a we universal up. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I need you guys to stop doing that. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. We fucked up again. <laughs> I've definitely been at shows where a ref misses something and the entire crowd goes, You fucked up. Yeah. You fucked up. Yeah. You can tell that ref is like, God damn it. Shut up. <laughs> Um, get me fired. <laughs> Let's do two more. Okay. Uh, the movie ends with Randy coming off the top rope with the Ram Jam before going to black and playing Bruce Springsteen's song as a credits roll. When the match was filmed at a, at a March 2008 Ring of Honor event, Ram nailed the move and scored the pin. Uh, the reason for the cut to black was to allow the audience to decide if he lived or died. 
He dead, yo. He's fucking dead, brother. Actually, yeah, let's do two more. I, I fucked up. Okay. I fucked up. Dave fucked, fucked up. up. Dave, Dave fucked up. Dave, Dave fucked up. up. Perfect. Uh, during the director's AMA on Reddit, uh, Darren Aronofsky revealed the fate of the Ram. He does, in fact, die at the end of the film. Aronofsky later explained that he always intended for the for the for his protagonists to die at the end. Uh, even if not explicitly show, shown, the one exception is Noah, because it was an ab- adaptation of the Bible, which was Noah survived the flood. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So he did, in fact, die. Yeah. But, but not Mickey Rourke. He's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more. Okay. At the hardcore match, Randy gets thrown through a piece of glass with barbed wire on it. This was, in fact, real glass, albeit rigged and with little explosives, so-called squibs, which would cause it to break slightly ahead of the impact. However, a shard of glass got stuck in the back of Mickey Rourke's stunt double, making him bleed significantly. Oh, ouch. Means they use the wrong kind of glass. (laughs) Yeah. Most of those, like, deathmatch stuff, like, let me give you some Dave deathmatch trivia. Yeah. Um, it's all safety glass stuff. It's the glass that like breaks into like, like windshield. Yeah. Yeah. The safety glass stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not all the time in independent stuff. It's just glass normally. Yeah. But like Nick Gage, one of the big deathmatch guys, like he's like, you know, it's safety glass, but still fucking hurts. Right. Yeah. It's like the, um, they were supposed to use movie glass for the that fucking uh what was that two thousand five King of the Ring with uh Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle. Oh yeah. And it was like real glass. And it was real glass because it kept the 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 they didn't tell anybody, but the guys that set up all the gimmick shit, uh they put panes in there because like the the way the uh, entrance was set up there was a bunch of glass that was like painted uh but you could tell it was glass with like the emblem of the king of the ring shit on it yeah um but they have pyro so when the pyro would go off it would break this gimmick glass oh yeah so yeah. then they were like well we can't use that we got to use real glass but then they didn't tell anyone so shane and kurt had a spot where kurt was supposed to throw do like a, a suplex through the glass. Yeah. And he throws him against this glass and it doesn't break and Shane lands on his head. And they're like, what the fuck? So they, instead of being like, well, that didn't work. Let's move on. They're like, I just got to throw you harder. <laughs> and he throws Shane at this glass three times before it breaks. And then when he goes through it, it's real glass. So there's like fucking glass everywhere. Just showering down. Showered on them. And they they both get all cut up. And <laughs> dude, you got to watch this match. It's fucking wild. I've talked about Oof. it on the show before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, 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 the spot was to go through into the backstage and then to go back through back onto the stage. Because they're up at the entranceway. Yeah. So he throws him through one way and beats him up a little bit and goes to throw him through the other way and he won't go through the other one because the other one isn't gimmicked either. 
So he has to throw him through that one like three times. Yeah. So then they've they've both gone through these panes of glass that are real glass, and they're both bleeding everywhere. Jesus. Yeah. Dude, that match is fucking wild. And, like, while it's happening, uh, uh, Vince is in the ref's ear telling him to stop it. And he's tell the the guy is telling Kurt and Shane to stop, and they're like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah, shit like that happens but all sh- the yeah, time. Yeah, shit like that happens all the time. That's all I had for Dave's trivia turnbuckle. Dave's trivia turnbuckle. Ooh, neat, brother. All right. Guys, ready to rate this? I'd yep. rate it. Yeah, and be sad. I'm gonna give it a nine. I think this movie is really fucking good. Um, it's well shot, extremely well acted, well written. I, I, I'm gonna give it a nine five. Uh, the story is amazing. Um, there really isn't anything wrong with it. It's just not the best movie ever. So it's not getting like a nine nine or something. So I'm gonna give it a nine five. Russell? Yeah, I also give it uh, 9.3. I don't want to go 9.5 because I think we should have seen him die at the end. I think he should have landed on him and, like, his heart exploded midair or something. And by the time he lands on the guy, he dies. And then, like... Or just, like, lands on him and then, like, he dies as he's pinning him and they count it out. But then he, like, won't get off. Yeah, so, like, Yeah. yeah, even get, like, a... Like a close-up shot, like the the camera slowly zooms in on uh, Randy's face as like the life leaves leaves his eyes. I just want to make it darker. <laughs> but, no, I mean it's that'd very, be hard like, to do without killing Mickey Rourke. <laughs> but like he he fucking lands on him, gets the one two three. Bob rolls him off, and he's just laying in the ring, and it actually like zooms out. It zooms yeah, out. That'd be as good. like the refs checking on him, and then he throws up the double X, and then like fucking Pam runs out from the back and gets in the ring, and pandemonium. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pam left. Pandemonium. No, I don't think she left. I think she just couldn't watch. I think she pieces out because, like, in that moment, like, she realizes, like, oh, he's willing to die for this. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Which like isn't I don't necessarily think is ridiculous because I think one of the I think it's the better point of the movie out of out of everything like out, as sad as the movie is out of all of the depression it might inspire and like as heartfelt as it is towards wrestlers who were given a bad deal, which is almost all of them uh, it maintains that like he he gets to die doing the thing that he loves. With a crowd, uh, like a real fucking crowd too, yeah. like not at a school gymnasium. Like it is the perfect point for him to die. Yeah, sure. like there's not going to be a better point in this dude's life after this moment mm. for him to die. So, like, I think like leaving it up to the fans on whether or not he lives or dies was a mistake. Um, I think the movie would 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 be like damn near perfect if him dying was a part of the movie. So. I mean, ultimately, I give it a 9.3. That's my really my only problem with it. And I agree with that, but I also, I do kind of like that shot. Like, it just shows him, like, the close-up of him just, like, tearing up as he goes there, because he knows. Yeah. He's, he knows that it, this is his he last. He knows. He knows. He knows. 
But like I also it would have been it would have been good to see yeah what Russell was saying. Yeah. Cuz it doesn't like the way it is it doesn't offer any closure. Like I but I also am not a super huge fan of the ambiguous endings. Like sometimes done well if like it leaving it up to the fans, okay, leaving it up for us to argue like our points. Like it can be kind of cool. Like Inception's ending acceptable. I'm cool with it. Butch Cassidy like, and Sundance Kid. I haven't watched Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid in a long time. Okay. I don't think I've seen it in a very long time either. All right, Dave, what are you giving it? I think I am going to give it a 9.5 as well. Okay. Um, I'm not giving it a 10 yet because I've not seen it enough times. Mm-hmm. But I think I might actually end up watching it again. Like this week. This week. Yeah. Um, like I said, first time watching it. <laughs> It was, I was blown away. It was so good. I was kicking myself for have not seen it before. Yeah. Um, just it was shot really well. Like you said earlier, it feels really intimate. Yeah. And it gives like a good look into the rest of the older wrestling side. And also like kind of pays tribute to those guys that, you know, we grew up watching as kids yeah. and, and, you know, we fell in love with. And when that's their time. Yeah. What happens to him. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 9.5. All right. So 9.5, 9.3, 9.5. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of DQB does where we talked about the wrestler. Uh, next week we're going to do Moneyball. 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 Which I think is on Netflix, uh, which makes it easy to get. This was on Max. Which we were like, oh, fuck, we're going to have to rent it. And then <laughs> and then Nathan pulled out his DVD of it. <laughs> and then I watched it on Max anyway. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, our listeners, if you want to email us, draftyq at gmail.com. If you want us to do uh, a month or we could possibly do two months of sports movies because we were going to we were talking about doing one per sport. Um. What did we have as of right now? How many movies did we have so far? Uh, uh, right now I have, like, do you want me to go through the movies picked out? Yeah, that we have picked out so far. Okay. So we're doing Moneyball next week, but then yeah, we're we doing Moneyball have- next week, and then uh, Hoosiers for basketball. Any given Sunday for football. And then if we do another month, we can do uh, Ford versus Ferrari for racing, mm-hmm. uh, Pain and Gain for bodybuilding, Raging Bull for boxing, and Miracle for hockey. And then we would need a golf movie. And no one say Tin Cup if you're going to give us recommendations. Caddyshack. Preferably not like a hum- like a, a comedy. Damn it. Yeah. Sort of or- serious. Happy Gilmore. The the most comedy movie on there is Pain and Gain. Yeah, which is dark. It's it's it a, it's a like a black movie. comedy. I've yeah. seen that one. Um, but yeah, so we've we've got enough to do two months. Um, but I wanna I wanna shoot it out to the listeners. Uh, if you have another suggestion for any of those slots um, or a suggestion for a golf movie, or if you just want us to do one month or whatever, email us draftyq at gmail.com. 
Um, you can also find us on all your social media, searching Drafty Quarters Productions. You can also find us on Patreon. Please subscribe to our $1 tier. Um, we're going to make our Amazon wish list, and that will be put onto our socials at some point. Um, I know some of you aren't on social media, so we'll put it in uh, show notes, probably. Um, we'll also just text it to some people that maybe want to be our benefactors. Um, <coughs> Bruce Wayne? We don't have any Bruce... Well, I don't know of any Bruce Wayne-ish uh, listeners, yeah. but that'd be really cool. Um, I don't know why they don't just fill out that thousand dollars on the you can donate more than a dollar i think on patreon or just sign up for a thousand emails and subscribe a thousand times to our patreon to get those pictures dave but yep i'm still i'm ready i got my summer bod ready um but we're gonna set that up uh and we appreciate anything you guys do for us we appreciate you guys listening so thank you very much have a wonderful evening uh thanks for listening bye bye the only place i get hurt is out there the world don't give a shit about me